If I want things to be different, then I need to be different. Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one-size-fits-all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Hey everybody. Oh, I'm so excited to welcome you to the first episode of the new year. This one's going to be good. I'm going to try to keep it brief because we're talking about as I'm sure everybody and their brother in the podcast realm is, talking about your new year, those 365 days that lay ahead of us, those 52 weeks, those 12 months, the time that like just lays out in front of us like an open road. It's up to us right now And in all of the minuscule million little moments that we have between now and December 31st, 2023 at 11.59 p.m. to decide who we are going to become. I know that for a lot of us at the beginning of a new year, it can be that time frame where we really look at what do we want to do? with all of this time ahead of us. I know that in the past, I've sat down, like the one year that sticks out the most to me was the year of 2018. And it was shortly after we had like a major life event. Our daughter had been very sick that fall. And it really shook us into perspective of how do we want to do this life ahead for the next 12 months? And I spent so much time visualizing and thinking and writing down my ideas and spending time with the planner. I think at that time I was using the Cultivate What Matters planner. And if you've ever used that one, it's very comprehensive. There's like 40 pages at the beginning of that planner that has you visualizing and writing goals and assessing and auditing your current life. And then for every month you have goal check-ins. It's very goal-oriented. And then When I look at how I prepared for the year of 22, I was the exact opposite of that. I was like, I don't know what my word of the year is going to be. I don't even have my planner in hand yet. I didn't have goals. Goals last year felt very restrictive. And I was like, I don't know what I want to reach for. I don't see where I want to go yet. But as I was listening to a podcast by Amy Porterfield at the beginning of January 2022, I heard something that really shifted my perspective on how I went about years past setting out for a new year. In that podcast, which I'll try to find the title for and link to, Amy didn't, she really didn't validate this casting a goal. And 
as I went through last year, I kept coming to people and mentors that had the same philosophy, like James Clear. And it's because goals can limit us. We feel like goals and setting these actions and achievements can help us aspire to something better, and they can. But for some of us, that process of the goal setting can feel really empty once the goal is achieved. Have you ever had that feeling where you've put this concept or idea on a pedestal? Maybe your goal was to run a 5K. Maybe your goal was to start a business. Maybe your goal was to have a baby. Maybe your goal was to buy a new house. Maybe your goal was to finally clean out your closet. And when we have a goal that is tangible like that, yes, it can feel so good to achieve that goal, but it is fleeting. Running a 5K feels so good. And then once we cross that finish line, it's over. And we say, okay, what's next? (laughs) Once we have that baby, we've reached it. It's so amazing. And then life really begins. Once we have made this major purchase or attained that elusive figure that we have attached to our business revenue, we cross that line of achievement and we say, my life is forever changed, when really it isn't. It becomes something that we have done, but it's not the thing that maybe we thought it was all the time. I know for myself in particular, I always envisioned like, and you guys have heard me talk about this in last week's podcast and in prior podcasts, but I always thought that once I hit $100,000 in my business in a year, I was going to be like set, right? Like, holy shit, look what I did. Now I have mastered the art of making and keeping money and I will never have this, I will never have to worry about this again. And like newsflash, like, I didn't fundamentally change how I felt about money or how I felt about money making um, or money management. And so it's sometimes these goals and aspirations that we set up on a pedestal. And then in the process of actually achieving a goal, it might not feel the way that we anticipated because it's not so much about the goal itself that changes us. That's where we can get it wrong. What really changes us is who we are being in the process of attaining that goal. If you are someone who wanted to run the 5K and you hated every fucking second of it while you were training, but you finally said, oh, I ran that 5K, how good is it going to feel when you cross the finish line if you hated the whole damn thing? Or if you said that you wanted to have, like, if you wanted to invest in real estate, you finally bought a house, you're like, Yes, I did it. And then two weeks later, like, but you hated and you felt scared and you felt shameful of spending that much money. And it's felt like a drag and a burden and scary. Like, then are you going to be able to enjoy this new space? So there's a lot of different life events that we as people, whether through our own devices or whether it's something that society has kind of built up for us, there are these things that we associate with quote-unquote success. But each singular one of us has to decide how do we want that success to feel along the way. 
It means nothing if you make a six-figure year and you've burned yourself out so bad that you can't enjoy what you've created. It means nothing if you finally bought your dream house, but you struggle every month to pay the mortgage and you cannot fill that house with like any furniture, right? That's different. And maybe you have finally achieved that 5K or summiting that mountain and you did it, but it means nothing if you couldn't like stop and look at the surroundings. If you were so like narrow focused that all you saw was the summit of the mountain and you didn't stop to look at the trees surrounding you or turn around and take in that view, what was it all for? And so as we look ahead to 2023 and we are in this moment of I must set goals, I must give myself mile markers, I must X, Y, Z, whether it's personally or professionally. My challenge for you this year, much like Amy Porterfield posed that challenge for me last year, was not to set my sights on something external in my goal setting and my goal achieving. My challenge for you, as Amy's was to me last year, was to define how I wanted to feel along the way as I went through my year. And after I listened to that podcast, I even wrote on the index card with a black Sharpie marker, and I wrote, what would future Molly do? Because when I looked at my year of 2022 ahead, when Amy first posed that question back on a podcast, I knew that I wanted to feel happy. I knew that I wanted to feel successful. I didn't have a good definition for that. I knew that I wanted to feel important. And so as I was going through decision-making last year, those were some of the feelings that I used as my filter for decision-making. Now, at some point mid-year, that index card left my desk. And I kind of feel like at that moment was when I quit thinking about future Molly and I kept thinking about, okay, what is my next move? What is my next move? And we do have seasons like that, right? I don't say that if we want to feel happy in the year ahead, that every single thing we do is going to feel happy. We might have to go through some really shitty stuff and have some shitty conversations and make some really hard, difficult decisions in our quest to be happy. But if we can put that feeling in front of us as our North Star, as our guide ahead, then we can really see how every step, every minuscule million time moment, how all of those tiny decisions we make lead to us being happy or being peaceful or being proactive, whatever your word of choice is for how you want to feel. But I truly believe that this feeling is how we want to go ahead with our year, not just associating external goals and validating ourselves based on those external things, but in the pursuit of striving towards a feeling that will make us feel whole, feel meaningful, feel fulfilled. So I'm going to draw upon someone else who I've learned from this year. Her name is Kelly Brock, and she is of the Peaceful Performer. And I was in one of her guided meditations late this year, 
And in that meditation, I'm not going to try to do this, but you can sit down and if you want a link to it, I think she also has a podcast where she kind of walks readers or listeners through it. But she had us sit in a quiet space with our eyes closed, with our hands on our, one hand on our belly, one hand on our chest, our feet on the ground, breathing deeply, connecting in with that breath, like taking an in count of two, an exhale of four, inhale of three, exhale of four, really getting grounded in the space. And then as she walked us through that guided meditation, she had us view ourselves as the person in the future one year from now. So at that point, it was, how do you want to be living? Who do you look like? What are those senses you're feeling? What are those things you see? What are those items in your environment that you can touch and taste and smell on New Year's Eve of 2023 as you turn the calendar to 2024? And I've never been much of a meditation person, but I got an extremely clear vision of who that Molly would be when I looked at New Year's Eve of 2023 into 2024. And I could see us, I saw myself, you know, shocker, eating. (laughs) I love food. I was eating like chips and queso and guac, which I don't usually go for. on a beach chair next to a pool in some tropical location. And I was wearing a bikini and a sarong. And A, I am not at a point in my life where I'm wearing a bikini in public. Um, And I had my hair like really short, much shorter than I wear it right now. And I could just like visualize myself. And I was wearing like, my outfit was in colors I don't usually wear. I was very tan. So this wasn't my first day at this resort. And my kids were there. My husband was there. And I was just like, whoa, this, and it's so vivid and ingrained in my head. And this person who I am going to be in the future, like the vision I had of her was someone who is peaceful, someone who was very relaxed, someone who wasn't doing anything other than what she was doing in the present moment. Her brain wasn't thinking about a million to-do lists on a task sheet. Her brain was focused on being where she was. And honestly, like you guys, this sounds very woo, but I really hadn't put a lot of thought into that minus that January podcast that I had listened to at the beginning of 2022. I know I'm mixing all these timeframes up, but at the beginning of January 2022, when Amy Porterfield posed that question of how do you want to feel this year? Somewhere along the line, it kind of got away from me. And until I had that guided meditation with Kelly Brock, I really didn't put a lot of active, intentional thought into how I wanted to feel other than in those moments I had to make decisions. But when I was in that guided meditation, it was like I turned on the TV or I opened a book to a new page and I was seeing something in my meditation that I hadn't been like actively thinking about but it was like turning a TV on and seeing it play out in front of me. It just came. It just turned on. It was just there. And it was so incredible to like see this future version of myself. And as we all know, like, is that actually going to come to fruition? I don't know. But 
it's something that I can work towards. It's that guiding focus, much like casting it forward how I want to feel. That vision is something that can orient me as I go through this year. And it was so vivid that I still think about it like intentionally a couple times a week. And it's something I'm going to use to help me guide and make decisions going forward. So if you haven't yet thought through how you want your year to feel, you haven't yet thought through who you want to be on New Year's Eve next year, actually this year going into next year, then I challenge you to take a moment and think about that because you might surprise yourself at what the answer is and what comes up, what like exposes itself from your subconscious and becomes conscious vision. So all of that might be a little bit woo. All of that is to just kind of orient you to the conversation of what I think is very important for us as especially female entrepreneurs to consider as we cast goals so that we can really live into who we want to become and not just amass a list of credits to our name. We want this quest to be moms and bosses and coworkers and partners and community members to feel as good as it looks. And in order to do that, I would love for you to just feel out this process that I shared with you. Now, here are three things I'm going to do, how I'm going to structure my year so that I can feel into and become that future version of Molly. First up, I'm going to book my vacation for wherever this place. No, just kidding. Um, And know that like I don't have the answers here. This isn't something that I have actively put into practice before. I'm really just guiding and leading you from the middle of this and saying, this is what I'm going to try because I know that if I want to become that vision of me who is peaceful, who is present with her family, who is like in this gorgeous location for New Year's Eve, like there are things I need to do. There are actions I need to take. There are systems I need to put into place. There are conversations I need to have in order to be that woman. And this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to try. This is what I'm going to probably adjust throughout the year in order to become that woman. So number one, I am going to identify how I feel. I'm going to write it down. I am going to solidify it. And I'm going to solidify it as much as I can, knowing that I am a person who changes her mind a lot. But I am going to write it down so at least I can come back to it again and again and say, okay, this is what I saw. This is what I wanted. And I have this little black notebook. I don't journal in it every day by any means. Um, But it is a place where if I have a really deep thought, if I have a very clear vision, just like I did with this guided meditation, I record it in there. If I have a question that comes into my mind, I will record that question so I can come back to it and kind of ruminate. But it's not a journal in the sense that some people use journals where they sit down every morning and it's part of their morning practice. For me, this journal is more of like a fancy place because it is like leather bound. It has a nice little bookmark, but it is like a fancy place that is sacred to me. It's a place that I don't use it every day, but I know that it's there for when I need to refer back to it. I know that in those days where I feel like I have so much going on in my head, I know that something needs to come through me in writing. And so I'll write it in that notebook. And it's more just like that sacred safe space. So if you don't have something like that, 
I encourage you to find it. And for you, it might be a journal like mine, like where I loosely use the term journal, or it might be like a journal journal where you do use it every day. Or maybe for you, it's your notes app or your voice memo app. But I would encourage you to find a place where you can record how you want to feel so that it's documented, so that you can come back and use that as your guide or your mile marker. Because when you get to June 22nd, Like you might say, oh yeah, what was the thing that I said I wanted to feel? Oh yeah, what was that vision that I wanted to reach for? This way you have it documented somewhere. So number one, I'm going to identify how I want to feel. I'm going to put it in my fancy journal. You can put it where it works for you. Number two, I'm going to audit my life so I can already look at what are those things that give me more of this feeling? What are these things that get me closer to that woman that I visioned? And what are the things that I do or the things that are in place or the practices that I have made habits that do not serve that future version of me? So for example, when I think about future version of me who's wearing that damn bikini, she looked great, by the way. But right now when I look at myself and I look at some of the nutrition habits that I've fallen into, like the last couple of months, dang. We've been so sick in our household. Like my nutrition has gone by the wayside. I have not been able to like move my body and get out of bed at an early time. So I know that if I want to be that person who I visioned, I need to start today with some of those healthy habits that I used to have, but I just need to bring them back. And so for me, auditing my life will look like, okay, future version of me, she had like a rockin' bod. And that means that today I need to start doing some of those small habits, getting some of those habits back into place so that by December of next year, I am at that future version of myself. Or I need to say, okay, what are some of those things if that future version of Molly is totally present, if that future version of Molly is not stressed about all the other million things she should be doing? That future version of Molly was probably proactive because I'm guessing she had to get like passports for her family in order to be able to travel to where they are. Like I should probably start planning ahead more than I have been in the years past. I've very much become a person who is like moment to moment, not looking far enough ahead in the calendar. And so I need to start making some of those moves that get me to a very forward thinking, planning kind of person. And so I'm going to look at my life and really get like, like, I don't even know how you say it, like ruthless maybe. I want a word that's gentler than ruthless, but I don't know what else. So like ruthless with looking at what are the things that I'm currently doing? What are those things in my career, in my business, in my interactions, in my uh, volunteer work, in my relationship with my husband, in my relationship with my kids? in my relationship with myself, what are those things that are serving me and I need to add more of in order to feel and be the way I want to? And what are those things that do not serve that? And that might be really hard. And I am a person who hates change. I would much rather just sit by the wayside and be like, eh, I'll let somebody else handle this instead of having a hard conversation or making a difficult decision. But I know that I just feel like this is the year of change for me. And so there might be discomfort involved in that. There might be asking for help. There might be, there might be hard conversations that have to happen in order to get from where I am to where I want to be. And 
it all comes down to the fact that if I want things to be different, then I need to be different. I can't keep doing the same things and hoping for a different result. And so my second order of business after I decide how I want to feel at the end of this year is I need to audit my life and align my actions and my decisions with that feeling and with that person I want to be at the end of the year. All right. And then my last step is that I need to give myself grace. I need to give myself margin and I need to give myself reminders, likely again and again and again and again and again as I go through this year. Because I know you've probably been guilty of it in the past too. When you set a goal in late December or early January, it can be so easy to say, yes, this is, this is what I want. This is my goal. I'm going to push for this. Last year in my planner in January, I wrote like little circles that had every day listed next to it. And it said, I'm going to check this off if I get to my 64 ounces of water each day. I'm going to fill in these boxes as I read five books this month. And I set highly lofty goals and I wrote them down. And then by February, like real life set in. I had read one book professionally and one book for enjoyment. And I had stopped tracking my hydration because there's easier ways to do it like in my app. And honestly, I didn't track it very well. So last year in January, I started off with all the best intentions but I didn't put sustainable habits into place to make that happen over the long term. By February, things dropped off. So I need to, maybe this year in my planner, instead of writing all of those little trackers into January, maybe I need to pre-work with my planner and write those little trackers into March, into May, into July, so that they show up later in the year when I flip to the new calendar spread and I'm like, oh yeah, I want to track that this month. And so it's not waiting till the last minute to decide. It's putting those little reminders in place. And it's also giving myself grace for change. It's saying that I might set a goal in January and by June, life may have happened. Something may have happened in my environment or externally that had to shift my attention. And it's not being so hard bound to these goals that there is no flexibility for the goals themselves to evolve, whether it's a goal that is something achievable, it's something tangible, or it's a goal that is feeling-based. You need to, or I need to, give myself grace and flexibility. I've not always been great at that. I've always kind of been an all-or-nothing gal where it's like either I'm going hardcore, full ass in to what I'm looking for, or I'm like entirely off the bandwagon. So what I'm giving myself for step three in how I'm going to achieve being that best version of myself is saying that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can be incremental. It can be half-ass. It can be like a tiny little baby step, but even little baby steps over time add up to major progress. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start by identifying and recording how I want to feel. I'm going to audit my life and go through and say, these are the things that support that version of Molly and these are the things that don't and make decisions and take action accordingly. And I'm going to give myself grace, margin, and reminders so that the things that I say are important, I'm being reminded of continually throughout the year. And I'm giving myself space to say what I decide right here doesn't have to be concrete 
or set in stone because the person I am today may not be the person I am two months from now. And that's okay. All right. I hope that this may have shed a little bit of light for you on some ways that we as women, especially, especially as business women, especially as multi-passionate women, can set ourselves up for success in the new year. And if you have any feedback, if you have any methods that have worked for you in the past in your pursuit of these uh, goals and these visions of future you, I would love to hear it. You can get in touch with me at mollyknuth underscore MKM on Instagram, or you can shoot me an email, molly at mollyknuthmedia.com. I would absolutely love to hear your feedback. Um, I'm always an open book to learn and to especially connect and network with other amazing females like yourself. So thank you so much. I wish you all the best, all the blessings in the new year. And thank you for tuning in to The Found Podcast this week. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.